Hi, you're tuned into the IoT Insider with Dan Cunliffe. I'm Managing Director of Pangea. Um, what you're going to hear in our podcast is the lowdown on all tech opportunities and partnerships you'll need in order to get started and succeed in the Internet of Things market. Um, the podcasts are intended to be short enough for you to enjoy on your commute or when you're driving or traveling to meet someone um, in the market and you maybe want to hear something interesting um, ahead of your meeting. Uh, whether you're a partner already of Pangea uh, or just looking to learn some more about engagement or IoT content, um, please make sure that you subscribe and tune in for our monthly podcast uh, to get all the best information. Um, and I may refer to certain sports uh, from time to time because I'm obviously a avid sports fan. This month, I'm joined by Bernie McPhillips, our sales director, and Chris Ramika, our operations director. And uh, we're talking about all the latest technology and opportunities we discovered at this year's Mobile World Congress, um, which is the largest gathering sort of in the mobile industry. We were there um, the end of February till the beginning of March. Um, good, solid four and a bit days. Depends um, how many hours you count in a day, <laughs> if you're going to put together as much as we were there. Um, but yeah, guys, thanks so much for joining. Um, Thank you. It's good to have you guys uh, with me on the podcast this month. Um, let's just kind of get straight into it. So, you know, we've been going for, I think, about four years now, Chris, probably me and you. Bernie, yeah. maybe two years with us now? Two years and two days, to be precise. Two years and two days, exactly. So coming down to Mobile Congress um, several times. But kind of the first thing is, um, you know, what was it like this year versus last year is really kind of the things that people want to hear. Um just from my perspective, it is it is still massive, you know, well over 100,000 people. Um, it feels like you could walk for days to get from the one hall right across the other hall, but there's about eight of them. Um, and some of them very much dedicated to things like IoT and applications. Um, but this year, the underlying um, mantra, if you want, or the kind of focus was intelligent connectivity. And um, instead of me trying to answer that straight away, Bernie, what, what did you kind of find that intelligent connectivity was from your perspective while you were out there? Um, yeah, f first of all, it was awesome that connectivity played such a, a big part at MWC yeah. this year. Uh, I think often connectivity has been um, kind of forever the bridesmaid, never the bride, so to speak, and often outshone by the glitz and the glamour of uh, new hardware releases and software and robotics and AI. But this year, the overarching theme of MWC was intelligent connectivity, yeah. um, the year of the sim. Is kind of what, what I've dubbed in. It was, it was just really cool to see. Uh, as a, the, the common thread then that kind of just weaved its way throughout the whole event was the importance of selecting the right form of connectivity to deliver the best possible experience with, um, with your solution, the best possible experience to you as a provider in how you manage that connectivity, et cetera, going forward, and also the end user experience as well. And that's very much about future-proofing your technology, um, keeping up with you, keeping a, staying ahead of the competition, etc. And as always at these events, a huge, huge focus on security as well. So for me, the, the intelligence and the connectivity is selecting the right form, managing it in the right way, delivering the right experience, future-proofing your technology, um, and keeping it all secure. And I think yeah. that, was, that was evident right throughout the event, wasn't it? Yeah, massively. I, I think you've touched on some really, really important stuff there, you know, security, the experience. Um, and a lot of times partners, particularly our partners, you know, they, they kind of look to us to try and help them do that. Um, yeah, Chris, and, and kind of your, your perspective on intelligent connectivity, especially there, what, did you, what do you reckon? Yeah, I mean, um, the GSMA defined intelligent connectivity as uh, creating a world where connectivity is always on, always smart and always available. 
They also coined another term, uh, hoping it to be a catchphrase, I suppose, called hyper-connectivity. Yeah. So, um, so let's keep our ears open and see if we start to hear more about hyper-connectivity in the future. But with intelligent connectivity, um, you know, looking at the broad technologies out there, obviously uh, it's involving 5G, but it's also bringing in things like artificial intelligence, big data, and yeah. of course, IoT as well. So what they want is to pull all that stuff together and just take connectivity to the next level, I suppose. Yeah. Now, listen, I mean, I, I kind of found it really cool. And like you said, Bernie, <clears throat> kind of bridesmaid, um, never the bride for connectivity. And we've always hear, heard that in IoT. But to be honest, um, you know, everything that you you actually need to consider when de- developing any sort of IoT proposition is how you're going to talk to the internet, right? That's what it is. Internet of things, IoT. People need to be able to connect that device or um, or that thing to it. So I think I felt pretty pretty um, justified when we when we set out on this journey about four years ago to start an IoT business. But seeing that out there was pretty cool. Um, I think sort of um, the next part of what we want to talk about is really sort of what were some of our top highlights of this year's Mobile World Congress. Um, and in sort of the fashion, it'd be good to talk about, you know, the professional perspective and maybe some of the uh, after the event perspective. It's always good to kind of share some of the top tips of Barcelona's um, fine places to visit um, or maybe even kind of good restaurants to go to. But the professional perspective from my side was, you know, immediately you could see that every single brand all the way from uh, the likes of Cisco to Nokia, um, Huawei, Samsung, even the kind of more unknown guys that we had never even heard of. There were some Russian telecom companies there. There were, there were some um, Korean telecom companies. Everyone had yep. 5G, IoT, M2M and artificial intelligence or AI on their, on their stands. Um, I guess, Chris, what do you, you know, seeing, seeing that, what did you kind of think when you were out there? Yeah, looking around, um, like you said, yeah, it was, it was very interesting to go beyond, um, you know, the typical companies from America or the big ones from China. There was a lot of country-specific areas in, in the event. Yeah. So, you know, Sweden, Israel, um, you know, where, wherever else. Um, specifically with hardware, I think, um, I did see a, a couple of interesting themes. So the first one was, uh, going back to AI, so a lot of uh, hardware manufacturers were building devices, um, for example, for example, sensors, let's say, but they had more AI built into the device itself. So moving processing power out from the cloud, uh, but distributing processing power out to the edge. So even we're going to have things like 5G in the future, there's going to be a lot more data. And for example, now with some sensors that I saw, they, you know, they convert the temperature and determine oh, right. if it was worth, sensi- worth sending that data or not worth sending that data. So, <clears throat> so they make a, a decision on the edge, basically. Before. That's right. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. cool. Okay. Um, you know, we've always heard about the billions and billions of devices, but uh, I guess people now are starting to think like, yeah, that's going to be like billions and billions of, you know, things to compute. So, <laughs> yeah. so why not so, move it out to the edge? Yeah. So why have billions of devices um, when you can rather have one device doing a few more things? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So there was another thing. The other thing, main thing I saw was with IoT products as well. So from a connectivity perspective, yeah. when we went, um, I think it was two years ago or maybe the year before, um, you know, it was always about IoT as always. Yeah. Uh, we saw that, well, now I saw that the word M2M had disappeared uh, a lot. Everyone's just saying the word IoT. No one's really bothering to say the word M2M anymore. Yeah. Um, back then, you know, you could call a device an IoT device if it had uh, a SIM card in it, and then you'd still leave the connectivity to, yep, you know, let's just talk to your 
your SIM provider yeah, and get it, it is, you know, right, just yeah. stick the SIM card in and off you go. Um, these days, pretty much any IoT device I saw uh, would also include support for the um, upcoming narrowband technologies. Yeah. So um, NB-IoT um, uh, and also um, LTEM. Yeah. So I saw a lot of that um, around then. Where do you think, like, where do you think um, in terms of territory, so Europe, Asia, etc., where do you reckon that's going to take off first? MBIT's, as I understand, it's yeah. operating in Europe already with okay. Vodafone. Uh, we're waiting for that to, to come out in the UK. Because it's not really come out here, has it? We no. get asked, I mean, the partners ask us about it quite often. Yeah, we went, I remember going down to the Vodafone testbed at... Um, Newbury, right? Newbury, that's correct, yeah. And, you know, they had a demo there. But as for a rollout, it's not there quite yet. Yeah. Um, I suppose on that, on that front, the other thing I think about is how far do companies like Sigfox have to go? Sigfoss is, you know, it's covered in, in Western Europe, especially in France, obviously, where it's come from. But, um, you know, is that going to sort of fall by the wayside as well, once we see NBIOT and LTE, CATM and associated things start to really um, get into gear and kick off? It's a really good point, man. I think the whole, um, you know, narrow band versus Sigfox versus LoRa, it's probably a whole podcast on its own, to be honest, about yeah. what you could or could not do there, especially exactly. when, when, the, when the parts are there. Um, so, you know, Bernie, from your perspective, any, any kind of, you know, particular top highlights that you, that you may have seen out there? Yeah, I think it was it, 5G, as Chris has already referenced, was such a big part of the event and a, a big part of the intelligent connectivity theme. And for me, it was, it was awesome to be at such a large-scale global yeah. event and to actually witness firsthand that 5G is much more than just another buzzword. I think the, the general chatter around 4G, about 5G has kind of been in place pretty much since 4G was launched. Yeah. Um, but today, and, you know, and, and at this event, etc., we're, we're genuinely seeing real-world implementations. You have all of these stands, these huge global international businesses like Nokia and Intel, Huawei, Ericsson, Qualcomm, etc., all talking yeah. about their, their plans for 5G, what it is that they're actually going to do with it. And effectively, what they're all saying, and, and it's great news for all of us, in, not just in the industry, but in any vertical that you operate in, is that it, it, it's going to be the answer to the demand for faster, more efficient and more reliable forms of communication. Um, and that, to me, is, it spells nothing but good news. Yeah. Um, but there, was, there were real-life um, you know, real examples about how it's actually going to impact us. And one of the key things that we've spoken about, and we, we certainly speak to our partners about a lot, is, is, is the... Um, the, the much improved latency that will come with 5G. 100%. And that's critical with, with real-world applications where um, something that we read about an awful lot, right, driverless cars, autonomous vehicles, yeah. you simply can't have any form of delay between one vehicle talking to another effectively because you've got, you know, blue car at the front says, <laughs> I'm going to brake. You can't have a delay before red car behind it goes, okay, I'll brake too. Smashed. Yeah. The, the cars have crashed already. Um, but it, it, it's much more than that. One of, one of the highlights for me, which was just simply phenomenal, um, was the, the live demonstration of how it could have an impact on healthcare. Yeah. So from MWC, they actually um, live streamed an actual um, surgical operation that was being performed to the hospital clinic Barcelona in the city centre. So there's a big crowd around. Here you've got um, uh, uh, the chief of gastrointestinal surgery in Barcelona, 
busy directing a procedure remotely. He's in yeah. a different place, yeah. and he's, he's, he's providing guidance to the yeah. on-site surgeons. And again, that has to be in real time. Yeah, you can't have be. any form of lag or latency between the two. And there's just there, was, there, were, there were loads more things like that just happening all you know, all around the event. So it was actual real world. Um, real uses of how this technology is going to transform the world that we live in. I mean, um, talking talking about that, and you know, that's quite topical for us. I mean, we'll 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 probably do a separate podcast on this. But for those who've um, kind of stayed close to some of our news recently, we we are talking about five G quite seriously within Pangaea because of our um, association with um, Innovate UK and and Kingston University, and we've got um, our own five G project on the go, particularly focused on smart triage and being able to perform um, robotic surgery inside um, ambulances. <clears throat> but of course, other very, very cool uh, situations coming off the back of that. So no, I, I agree with you. I think yeah, just the, sure. the, the phenomenal things coming out of there, uh, particularly the latency, I would say, is probably the most important part if we can um, understand how that goes. Um, yeah, I agree. One of the one of the phrases that I've, I've, I've picked up and kind of will coin as my own to some extent going forward. You, you hear people talking about um, you know, the rise of big data and how many devices and how much revenue is going to be around in, in IoT. Um, so you know, basically, you know, every little thing all around the world is going to be, be communicating with people and each other, et cetera, over the internet. Intel used the phrase at one of their, um, their, their big keynotes and they talked about 5G um, delivering the data tsunami. And I just <laughs> I just love that phrase. The data tsunami. Um, yeah, it just... I think it really kind of it's a great analogy, and for me, it really brings to life what what five G is going to do for for all industries. Yeah, no, for sure. Um, you know, just to finish off the what are our top highlights at MWC? We've got to talk about the after event perspective. Um, there's 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 probably two really important things that the that we experienced. One was um, there is a fantastic rooftop bar sort of in the city, and we'll and we'll and we'll try and add the link on the end of this um, podcast for you, but. Effectively, when the event closes on Thursday, it's one of the best rooftop bars to go and have just a decompression kind of drink and really reflect on everything you've seen because you would have seen about a million things. Um, myself and Chris and some of the guys from the UK press um, and some of our partners um, had a nice little glass of rosé over there and just relaxed for a bit and really spoke about what the event was. Um, and then the second one, which is which which completely blew our mind, was um, there is a typical sort of New York speakeasy type style in the middle of Barcelona called Paradiso. Um, and, I'll, and I'll give the secret away. It is actually a secret bar. However, something that you might want to find out on your own is that there is a secret bar inside of the secret bar. And we could not actually believe that that was true <laughs> until we ended up inside it, didn't we, Bernie and Chris? <laughs> it's, it, it's, it, it, yeah. it's like a Russian doll. I think there may, <laughs> there may be a secret bar inside the secret bar inside the secret bar. I've got no idea where this is going to end, but... I'm going to keep going back until I find out. Yeah. What did you um, What did you What did you think of the secret bar, mate? What is your? Uh, yeah, I I thought it was um, yeah, it, it was very secret. Um, <laughs> you know, obviously, we can't talk too much about. Yeah, we it. can't talk too much. Otherwise, about it wouldn't it. be a secret anymore. So. But best to do is try and get yourself um, a very uh, uh, kind of you know good chance at getting in to go and see it. It's, it's worth doing. And probably the only thing we will drop is that it's um, got a very interesting Scottish type flavor to it um, once you get inside there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's all it can do. Yep. Um, cool, just moving on. Um, so, you know, what are the best opportunities we saw from this year's event? You know, from my perspective, I was um, really impressed with the way that many um, countries uh, kind of sponsored a lot of their local, I guess, businesses or 
young tech startups to get funded to be at a mobile world congress because it is a lot of money to get there um but particularly you had countries such as israel um uh, sweden norway great britain had its own presence um there and some of the companies who were represented were just incredible and i quite enjoyed just spending you know a decent amount of time in those areas because you know these are some real interesting tech startups with some amazing products and particularly wanting to bring some of those ideas back into our partner channel was quite a big thing for me um uh, chris what wh- what about you what did you what did you kind of find was some of the best opportunities from this year uh the best ones from this year were um well basically just seeing seeing what the um what was what's going to happen with the ai um in terms of the edge devices so um i'm very interested in in finding devices that are uh LTE cat 6 or above um capable so we're looking at bringing those into our portfolio. Uh, a lot of the bread and butter routers out there at the moment um, that you can get are just going up to LTE uh, Cat 4, um, whereas some of the networks support higher speed um, LTE um, standards. What did you say is the difference between Cat 4 and Cat 6 for those guys who have no idea? Just faster. <laughs> yeah, I mean, just the... Um, just the two, more, two more cats, right? Two more cats, basically. Two more cats, yeah. Well, <laughs> Additional mail. Well, that reminds me of, you know, someone... Um, from the from the fixed line and broadband world talking about 5G and they just mockingly said, well, it's only half of 10G. We already got 10G. <laughs> uh, but yeah, you know, with with with, with I mean, with, with some providers out there supporting Cat6, so, you know, and above. So for example, EE will call it, um, you know, double 4G or 4G plus. 4G plus, yeah, yeah. Um, you know, if you're at the right place at the right time with... Um, with a phone, like a, a top-end iPhone or something, you can get, you know, 200 megabits per second. Yeah, and, I've seen uh, it myself. I've seen it myself. Yeah, and, you know, we're, we're seeing that. So it will be good to bring those type of thing into our, our portfolio. Yeah, so, 100%. Yeah, good no, to see that's a good there. one. Bernie, what about you, mate? I think that the most pleasing thing from my perspective is since I've joined Pangea for two years working with our, with our partners and reseller channel, is I've always said to them, you don't need to reinvent your business to develop an IoT strategy yeah, because there are opportunities in every sector. Because um, people always ask, well, where, did, where, did the, where is the biggest opportunity? What type of sector should we be working towards? And I also say to partners, just don't, don't try and reinvent your business. Do what you've always been good at. So if you've been really strong in certain sectors, then there are opportunities within that sector. Maybe based on your geography, um, the people that you've hired in the past have had a tendency to sell to certain types of customers. So what was so pleasing about MWC is that there are genuinely opportunities across every possible sector you could dream of. And there wasn't one that seemed to be any more prevalent than another. Mm. So whatever your traditional business is, whether it's um, telecoms, ICT, hosted, cloud, um, software applications, etc. If you've sold primarily to um, public sector, private sector, in industry, in retail, in transport, in security... It genuinely doesn't matter. There are opportunities in IoT, equal opportunities um, across all of those yeah. verticals and all of those sectors. There wasn't one, for me, any one particular sector that kind of jumped out and would make everybody gravitate towards that particular industry. So I think it kind of strengthens the message that we've been delivering to our partners for all that time. Um, there are opportunities in whatever sectors and verticals you've been strong at in the past. Yeah. Just about asking the right questions to open up those opportunities. And there are the solutions there that will deliver efficiencies, cost, save, uh, cost savings, environmental impact, make people safer. safer. All the cool things that IoT do, the opportunities are right there under your nose. Yeah, no, that's a very good point. And I think that's 
been one of the methodologies we've we've been working on for ages is you know um, understand your sectors a lot of our partners will will trade across many sectors but pick the ones you're pretty strong in um understand the device you want to connect and then kind of work it on from there and our and our team kind of work with you to do that so you know by all means get yourselves involved there okay um you know or overall really good um event would you guys be keen to go next year oh no, I don't think I want to go anymore. Yeah. Uh, can't <laughs> no, be bothered. Now that you've seen the secret of the secret bar. Yeah, that's it. Yeah. You're done. just done now. Yeah. You're done now. You've no, had fine. enough. Yeah. No. I'm, I'm, I'm willing to go and try and find the next Russian doll. One of the highlights of me, aside from um, IoT and industry and, and even some of the bars, um, I actually queued up like a giddy child to have my photograph taken with the Champions League you trophy. Did, the I remember actual seeing that. Champions League trophy. It was at a Mastercard stand. They were there talking about their their contactless payment solutions, etc. Um, so I actually queued up for quite some time to get the picture <laughs> taken because I figured, you know, I'm, as back home when I'm an Everton fan, it's probably the closest I'm going to get to to that trophy in quite some time. So yeah, yeah that's that's amongst one of my most prized possessions now is my photograph with the, with the Champions League trophy. That is a good one. That is a very, tell you what, very good do, one. Do you, know made, do you know what made a massive difference this year, guys, as well? So 2017 was, uh, 2018, so it was my first um, Mobile World Congress and then this year my second year. It was the weather. Do you remember in 2018? Yeah. It, it snowed. I go all the way to Barcelona in March and it snowed. Some of the meeting facilities, etc., outside their open air, which generally in in late March, in March would be quite nice in Barcelona, but we're huddled with blankets and everything. So this year, weather was much better, and it made a made a world of difference to to MWC. Made a very that's a very good point. I think you hit the nail there because yeah, you know, sitting in the snow in Barcelona does not make sense to no. me at all, um, and being able to kind of go forward. Very cool, guys. Um, yeah, just just to wrap up as we normally do. So. Um, Bit of sports fans around, I guess we need to congratulate Wales for winning the Six Nations pretty convincingly. Um, in my view, pretty much the best team out there, so they did, they did really, really well. Um, Chris, anything on the F1 Australia uh, kicking no, it off? Just glad um, Bottas, uh, you know, put a dent in, in Hamilton. Uh, so <laughs> nice, nice change to see, even though it's both Mercedes, nice change to see someone else, um, you know, at the top for once. Yeah, that's true, that's true. Um, Bernie, anything interesting? Cricket World Cup coming up, lots going on. Yeah, absolutely. Big cricket fan, so I'm, I'm looking forward to that. Um, it's going to be a great event, and um, hopefully, might even get to a match or two. Yeah, that'd be quite cool as well. Um, and just as we close off, I want to say thanks so much to everybody for listening. And this this podcast was obviously a bit longer than before, but you know, it's nice when we got the three main guys on the on the call talking about various things. MWC. If you um, if you are interested in what the Internet of Things could do for your business, particularly um, how Pangea can help you. Maybe we can kind of give you some advice or even just um, you want to partner with us to be able to, uh, you know, really attack that market. Please do get in touch. All the details will be on the podcast. But other than that, Jens, thanks so much for joining me. I appreciate your time. Um, Thank you. Chat to you all later. Thanks, Dan. See you guys. Cheers, guys. Bye.